Hello everyone, you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. When you enjoy the show, please sh show some thumbs up or five star love. Listen in each week to a new energy healing episode. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics and ancient healing arts to develop my own system that has amplified results with thousands of my clients and healing students. When you are ready to be able to transform your life and the lives of others, go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me to discover more about my program for helping healers and coaches thrive and grow their businesses. Connect with me at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment to have a conversation about this. Today, I am so happy to introduce Shanti Yogini to the show. She is a yoga master trainer, but not your usual yoga instructor who mainly focus on the exercise. She helps train spiritual seekers and visionary leaders to develop their highest potential as the amazing spiritual leaders they are meant to be. I can't wait for her to share about her two-minute yoga practices to help transform you on all levels to improve your mental, emotional, and physical health. She is the founder of Yoga for Happiness Academy, where yoga is learned as a science in its authentic, pristine, and purest form in person, online, and via digital media. We normally think of yoga as something offered in the gym, but Shanti has really opened my eyes to how much more it actually is. I saw Shanti at an event last year and was so intrigued by her presentation of yoga that I asked her to be on my show. I'm sure you're going to be interested in hearing more, and at the end of the show, we'll let you know how you can connect with her. Welcome to the show, Shanti. I'm so delighted to ha be having this conversation. Namaste, Dr. Anastasia. <laughs> I'm so honored and blessed to be in the presence of an evolved soul such as you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> so sh could you share us the journey that brought you to where you are now that you have decided to take on this huge task. I know that yoga is taking the whole country by storm because people feel so much so good doing it, but I don't think they really understand fully why. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> what brought you to this point? I know that you immigrated to the U.S. a little more than 20 years ago. Yes. Um, I, when I was growing up, uh, we were following a yogic lifestyle, not so much that anyone practiced yoga poses in my home, but they didn't even call it a yoga lifestyle because the, the Indian lifestyle has kind of adopted yoga so much, um, like India being the birthplace of yoga, it is blended into the daily lifestyle that people don't even really identify or recognize that, oh, I am following a yogic lifestyle or anything like that. But this is the life that they had been following as told by their ancestors, as observed. And, and I later realized when I started teaching yoga that, oh, whatever we were practicing was, it was yogic lifestyle kind of understanding. Uh, it just struck me much later. But we were not told while living that kind of a life. So I grew up like that. And like you talk a lot about vibrations, um, we started from, uh, from age three itself, you know, in, in chanting in the language of, uh, you know, Sanskritam, which is the Sanskrit as it is 
popularly yes. called. Mm-hmm. So that is a language of vibrations. So we were tapping into the power of vibrations uh, for physical, mental health and all that we were doing from young age, the way we were eating, the, the daily routines. So everything was how yoga recommends because yoga is nothing but the science of how to live. Mm-hmm. So it was all being followed and unaware it had become part of my entire being. And I was also introduced into studying um, yoga texts and they were not called yoga texts, but they were um, texts and knowledge that was pertaining to life, how to live. Mm -hmm. But this is how I grew up in my teens. And it was only at age 16 that I was even introduced into formal yoga postures Mm -hmm. by by some other organization. who had come to teach like a three month course uh, mm-hmm. in the place I was doing my engineering. And so that is for the first time I learned how to do yoga poses. Um, so, so you're an engineer disguised as yoga teacher. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, no more an engineer, but the one thing that stuck with me was that scientific way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So, so I do teach yoga as a science. I understand it. Like I don't, I don't just tell people this is how it is. This is what yoga says. This is how you got to do. Like that kind of typical instruction that is done elsewhere. Like that is not how it's learned here. Um, it is. It is. I mean, everyone learns here so that they can make it a part of their life. They can become independent of me, and they can feel confident in whatever practice they do. So. Yeah, so from the engineering part, the science part stuck with me, but everything else is left in my mind. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love that story. So, so it's, a, it's a, so imbued in everyday life that no wonder so many of the, the beautiful Indian ladies that I meet, they're so, they're like put together and peaceful. <laughs> And yet it's still a male-dominated society. Really interesting because, you know, as a scientist, I I traveled all over the world and met a lot of Indian scientists, but very few of them were women that traveled. It was mostly the men. But our country, uh, women were given really very high place uh, in ancient India. And in fact, women prime minister, I mean, I think our country was like kind of the first democratic country to have a woman uh, prime minister for many years. That's so, true. So it's That's not true. that, I mean, women didn't have, uh, were not given the place, but I know at some point, you know, it, the great practices kind of deteriorated and there was some male domination and women suppression, but this was not how it was in the ancient India. There were yeah. Uh, when and, before and the then, British came, you know, like, uh, or even when the British was trying to rule, there were many kingdoms and mm-hmm. there were many queens, like they took over and they were, they were ruling the country. Uh, they were managing the entire kingdom and they fought even in the India's independence struggle. Uh, there were many women uh, queens that, that fought for the freedom of the country. So I love that story. I love that. So so your your approach to yoga is so different than you know you go to a gym and you do an hour of poses right yes. so yours is different so when someone comes to seek you out and uh, i'm assuming from you know what i've read about 
would have read about you is that these are these are leaders, spiritual leaders, you know, people that want to become strong leaders. So what is it what is it that they seek you out for? Like what are they looking for in their lives? So this uh, the the leadership thing is in the last four years is what I'm really focusing because uh, I decided that it's not enough if I am the only person who who teaches this or who makes people incorporate yoga in their daily life even if it is for just two minutes. Um, mm-hmm. I realized that I need to train more people. So we talk of the spiritual leadership through yoga because when we say yoga teachers, again, what enters people's heads is, oh, someone who will teach you how to do yoga poses. They will just instruct you like bend here and move here and go here, that kind of a thing. So so I, I call it like actually spiritual leadership through yoga, which means they get trained in, in deeper knowledge uh, about the various aspects of yoga and how to teach it to someone else in a very, very simple way. Uh, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. some of the very simplest poses, simplest yoga exercises, um, simplest of the right breathing methods, but yet how it can have a great impact on the self-healing of the person uh, at the physical level, mental level. They, they can have better clarity of thinking. They have deeper relationships uh, with their loved ones and uh, they can grow more spiritually. And for all that, very, very simple practices is enough if learned correctly and if done correctly. So, it's, so that is a kind of uh, uh, the leaders that I am training them so that they understand yoga as as a way of life. Therefore, they understand more aspects of yoga beyond the exercise part because exercising is just one aspect of life. And uh, so those that understand it that way and they learn how to teach it. So that is, that is what I am focusing from last four years. But there are some who just come for their own personal problems like depression or someone who... Uh, who just wants to change the way they eat because we talk a lot about uh, eating um, because eating is also an aspect of life. So, so is, that, is that the Ayurvedic way of eating? Uh, no, you, no. I don't no. speak about Ayurveda. This is a yogic way of eating. Yogic way of eating. So it's different. And I'm just saying that because that's the impression that we get because Ayurveda also comes from India. Exactly. I see Ayurveda and yoga are sister sciences. Mm -hmm. So Ayurveda is something like curing a disease using um, the the plant-based medicine, Mm -hmm. uh, which have no side effects at all, you know, Mm -hmm. as compared to modern medicine. Um, So they use the power of plants to to heal you. So that Mm -hmm. is more like a like a curing method with medicine. Mm -hmm. But but if even you never want to. So, if you never want to actually have to need it, then you follow the yogi. <laughs> I exactly. love that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a preventative thing, and also they use Ayurveda. Also uses yoga after their treatment is done for you to sustain that uh, completely healed body. You have to continue practicing the different aspects of yoga because that is the way they can ensure that how whatever they gave treatment to you it stays long standing for life. 
So yes, exactly. I do the same thing. I, I have, I have a daily five minute practice that I tell everybody else to do Uh and the transformations are amazing. So any consistent spiritual daily practice can really do like, even if it's only two to five minutes in the morning can Mm -hmm. really transform your life completely. And I love that you and I are completely in resonance with that. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's uh, more about the quality of the time and not so much the quantity. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So tell me about what, you know, give us one or two of your top tips for yoga living that, you know, that has nothing to do with the exercise. Okay. Um, So breath, because breathing is something that we do all the time. Mm -hmm. It's there with us from the time we are born till we die. And yet it is very It's ironic that many of us don't breathe right. Mm -hmm. I mean, as newborns, everyone was breathing the right way. Um, But because breath is so connected to the body and the mind, as we go through various emotions, uh, as we get stressed, as even growing up these days, kids, even uh, at age seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, the stress begins. And somehow the breath pattern changes and becomes the opposite of what it used to be uh, or what it is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So, so one thing I tell people is if you have even like 30 seconds, one minute, you don't have to worry about doing an exercise, you know, focus on the breath. So learning to breathe right. And then once you've learned it, uh, then keep, you know, focusing on taking deep breaths whenever you have a few seconds time. I mean, I tell even when you are just driving and you hit the red light at the signal light, you can use this, this breathing, focus on the breath. Yeah. Um, So you're focusing on breathing in through the belly rather than through the chest, right? um, That is the chest also is part of the breath, but like even through the belly, people, breathe the opposite in the sense uh, their belly is not uh, you know expanding when they are breathing in Uh, for some it is it's contracting when they are breathing in for some the stomach is not moving at all and the chest is moving there's nothing wrong with the chest but the belly is more important uh, because the belly is where it can the diaphragm is where more air can be stored like it can take in more air Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is the one that we focus first. And then, of course, the other parts of the breathing come. So in the complete yogic breathing, we address the other aspects of the respiratory system. While the diaphragm, that is the stomach, is just the the basic part. But then you, you go to tackle the rest of the respiratory system and make it really complete, thorough and... uh, Yes, and and I brought those up because I know about the breathing problem. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was very young, I used to wonder why people's stomachs went in when they took a deep breath. Shouldn't it go out? Uh-huh. So I trained myself to pull my breath through my belly button, right? Uh-huh. So I trained myself from that age, and I've been doing it ever since. And um, a lot of musicians, especially people that play musical instruments mm-hmm. or singers, they breathe properly. Yes, yeah. That's maybe why they live longer, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> but so somebody remarked, you're not even a musician and yet you breathe properly. And I thought, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> And so I became aware of it. And so I sort of like followed it. So that's why I wanted to bring that out. So people understand that, that you want to have the air crossed your heart, you want to have it pulled through, right? And yes, that's yeah. going to help balance you from top to bottom. Because most, you know, our current society, we all live up in our heads. And we forget our bodies. And exactly yeah. by the deep breathing, it can change that. Yeah, breath is so much connected to, because, you know, a lot of physical and even mental illnesses that our society faces, mm -hmm. it's so much related to improper breathing. If they can just correct this and make it right, so much of wellness will be, you know, yes. it will become a common household thing, not the well, illness as it is currently. Right. We, we know, um, we know that, um, now, we know that posture and the way you hold your body and your movement can affect your mood. Like if you, if you pull your shoulders back, you can, you'll feel better instantly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same with breathing. It signals your body like stress breathing is all in the upper body and relaxed breathing is breathing all the way down, like you know, pulling down. So you signal your body to relax and then it reduces stress instantly. Exactly. And Right. We always we know that the adrenal glands will start to will start to stop firing as soon as they're firing. The body is in teardown mode. And as soon as they stop firing, it's in repair mode. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's our little science lesson for today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's all scientific. You know, there's nothing random. If we just apply a little bit of uh our mind to these things, we can completely understand. So even when people come to me, like even the very first session, they come to learn something from me, we, talk, we check on the breath. So I tell them, you know, let's see how you're currently breathing. Close your eyes, watch, like put your hand on the stomach and notice. And, and then I ask them, like, I don't tell them, oh, no, no, that's wrong. You have to do this. Instead, I tell them, so, oh, well, so it's coming like this. What do you think should happen? Like, why is it going inside? So then we work through it, we make them understand. So they at least intellectually understand like, oh, so my stomach is not going the right way. So they have to know it for them themselves with that right scientific understanding. It's much easier for them to correct it. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I think so, too. Some people, they say, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But I think once, once you start to understand the interrelationships, then you're more apt to continue on doing it. Exactly, yeah. Right. Because it, that's, uh, that's true. Many students who even come, they would say like, when, if you just tell them directly, oh, but I was told by my you know, earlier teacher that this is how I have to do it. Because oh. they are just told and they have never understood. So it's, <laughs> they are never sure of what should be done. So, yeah, I don't believe in just instruction. Uh, you have to really make them get the wisdom for themselves and with a thorough understanding. Right, a thorough understanding, and then they can make their own decision whether they want to continue doing it the way they've always done it or to get a new result and do it a new way, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love that. <laughs> so what's the biggest lesson you learned to do over again you would pass on to someone else? Biggest lesson. So, 
for example, you're just starting your business. Like, you know, you came, you came to the U S and you started the business and you're taking on, you know, the, the yoga exercise community. And now you're saying, you know, yoga is really different than what you think it is. You know, it's a whole lifestyle. So, you know, you must have run across some stopping blocks. Like if you were to have do it over again, you could do it a lot more quickly. Right. Oh, okay. You mean some stumbling blocks in the business? Yeah, in the business or, you know, somewhere along the line, like people will say, oh, yeah, I know yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even have a yoga instructor amongst my, my students, you know, my uh -huh. certification students. And, you know, I, I like she embraces everything, you know, the whole, the whole lifestyle. But uh, her mindset's finally getting there right but right so so you know there she's learning from from everywhere she's taken many classes from many instructors and so she knows yoga and she probably doesn't know it the way you know it because you you lived it yes for us you know a lot of things that we did became part of yoga uh for example, I had learned uh, classical dancing and uh, dancing is also a minor stream of yoga. So mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. called uh, Natya Yoga, the yoga of dance. So we, for us, even the way we hold the hand, everything is just like a yoga pose. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all, you know, yeah. like stretched. It's not a saggy body. Um, so everything is like chest open. Um, you feel the stretch through your fingertips. So the whole, uh, the whole dance form is, again, one way to express. So, so this is the way that every small intricate things are all uh, linked to how it can help your body, how it can help your mind. So oh, I love that. I love that. So every single action that you take, even down to the way you move your fingers, is, tells a story. It tells your body a story. It, so everything that you do tells a story. I'd love that. That is a really huge lesson, right? And I, I always say that every word out of your mouth also tells a story. Like the exactly. language you choose, the language pattern you choose, everything is telling a story. So I love that. Yes. So you have a free gift to offer, a copy of your best-selling book. And tell us about that book. So this book is called uh, Happiness, The Key to Success, 12 Meditation Steps to Uncover Your Joy, Healing, and Success. So my interest in yoga is because it's related to happiness. It's not yoga for the sake of yoga or yoga to say like, I know yoga or I just love yoga or it's not just yoga for itself, but it's because yoga is able to offer the happiness that all of us are seeking in life all the time in mm -hmm. everything we do. And yoga recommends a, a system, a method practices that can help us get that happiness. So that is why the book is named as happiness. And again, it is the key to success because usually people think that we want to be successful because we think by being successful, we'll be happy. So everything we do in life is we think we'll get happiness out of it. So even I want to succeed in life. I want to make a hundred K one million. I want to be on big stages. I want name fame. Why? Because if I get all that, then I think I'll be happy. 
So here in the book, I'm saying that success is not the key to happiness, but happiness is the key to success. That is, when we are happy within, then it is possible to be successful in the sense. Successful is nothing but not about what you have or what you possess, but it is about how you can live your life to your highest potential. So that is true success. If you can live it to your fullest, then you are successful. And it has nothing to do with comparison with someone else or you being better than others or you being number one. It is nothing like that. So, and for that, for you to live to your highest potential, the joy within when it is there, then it is possible to fully exercise our innate abilities, our joy, peace, love, health, healing, everything it is possible and thereby one can live to their highest potential. So that is the, uh, the main theme on how yoga and meditation help in that because meditation is one aspect of yoga. Um, yes, exactly. It's, it's, and it's I, lot, yeah. and if, if, if somebody doesn't want to read the book immediately after that explanation, I don't know what. <laughs> 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 because it is, it is we, we, you know, most people do have it backwards. And I always say, well, joy is the highest form of human expression, right? It's, it's the highest frequency. It's the highest form of human expression. And if exactly. you're joyful, then, of course, you'll be successful because what is more magnetic than joy? Nothing. When you yeah. see a joyful person, everybody goes, ooh, who is that? I want to know who they are. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I love that explanation. And you can get that uh, that free gift by going to www.happinessthekeytosuccess.com and you'll be able to get it. So I'm sure that after people listening to your explanation, they're going to go, oh, okay, I want that. <laughs> <laughs> and so how can people connect with you to discover more about your programs? They can come to my website, uh, yogaforhappiness.com. And uh, small little programs, like even the breath I was talking about, there's a little program, digital program that people can use on their own. Um, it has a lot of uh, reports like breath meditation. So to bring more awareness and, and if at all they do nothing else in life but just that, even that can bring so much of uh, positivity in their life. Um, it, it's like a quick fix for Stress, yes. mental problems, everything, yeah. I agree. Doing a two-minute breathing exercise is like doing a two-minute meditation or getting an hour's worth of sleep. Yes. Because it is so... So the science of it is it, it takes you out of what's going on in your environment and brings you back into yourself and recenters you. So we spend most of our days uncentered. Like, you know, we're pulled this way and that way. Ooh, did I leave the stove on? Did I lock my door? <laughs> you know, or, you know, what's my husband doing or what are my children doing? So you're outside yourself and that breath brings you back in and centered. And as soon as you get there, you're going, okay, everything's right with the world. And I love this, this symbol because it's exactly right. We're coming down back into ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. So yes. it's coming to the present and breath always brings you to the present because breath is always happening in the moment. Yes. It's not a thing of the past or it's not a thing of the future. It's every, every moment, every second, you know, it's happening. So always getting our attention to the breath 
-hmm. with even the deep breathing, it, it always centers you, brings you to the present. And like you were saying, you know, all the other thoughts, yeah, just and, and it also it also helps you focus on what your task is at the moment rather than exactly. everything else. So I'm sure that's part of your living and teaching is is whenever you're doing the task, do the task. Don't do exactly. Yeah, no, not multitasking. Yes. So we talk about doing one thing at a time. And see, the whole meaning of yoga itself is yoga means union. So it is feeling one within ourselves first, and then feeling one with everything else outside us. So mm -hmm. feeling one within us means the mind and the body should be always in, in just one place. But for us, the body is doing one thing, the mind is elsewhere. Like I could be showering, but my mind is planning for the day. I would be eating, but the mind is focused on probably a TV show or something else. Rather so, than enjoying each bite of the food that you exactly. have prepared while you were joyful, preparing it, thinking, oh, this food is going to really make me feel good because I'm yeah. making a healthy meal, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Those kind of affirmations, they do make a lot of, uh, they bring positive effect. Yes, I, I love that. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for listening to Scientific Healing and for our inspiring guest, Shanti Yogini. And to connect with her again, go to www.yogaforhappiness.com. And let's you and I connect. Go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me to discover more about the new intimate in-depth program designed to help you thrive as a healer or coach while building out your practice. When you're ready to learn more, I have reserved time on my calendar at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. This is Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. Until next time.